0: Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. No, I'm not. This is Steve Humble with a humble perspective for October 1st, 2022. This is the last planned horse story, and I've titled it A Gentle Firm Hand. Jack served as the overall leader of the Christian community in which Patricia and I were members back in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Jack and his wife Anna had a cabin on a lake outside of Nisswa, Minnesota, a small town near a number of lakes which were popular places for vacation homes. Jack and Anna served many people at their cabin, always demonstrating excellent hospitality. Must have been the spring of 1983 when Jack began to keep a couple of horses on his property. In early June that year, he hosted a leaders meeting at the cabin so that we could make some important decisions about our community's future. Though the meetings themselves were intense, in a good way, I was overjoyed to see the horses there. One of the horses was a good-sized Tennessee Walker, a mare, as I recall. The other was a medium-sized gelding, white with some blacker brown spots. The mare was older, I'm sure, and she was gentle and well-behaved. The gelding was a bit more spirited, but he also was easy to handle, except for one flaw, a big flaw at that. When carrying a rider, the gelding did just fine as long as he followed behind the mare. However, he must have had some frightening experience before Jack got him. If that horse was in the lead or being ridden without the mare ahead he was easily spooked by water or mud puddles or some other unexpected object in the trail. His rider had to be alert at all times because the horse was prone to veer away sharply at the sight of something or he might come to a sudden stop, refuse to go forward and even rear up a bit of pressure to go on. Jack could not afford to keep a horse around with that problem. If an unwary or inexperienced rider were to be surprised by the horse's unexpected reactions, the rider might be thrown off and maybe even get hurt. The weakness was not a big concern to me and I found the horse to be a good one to ride except for that problem. When riding, I would keep a gentle but firm grip on the reins and watch the path ahead very carefully. I soon found that under a firm hand, the gelding could be persuaded to go forward toward an obstacle and then either go around or through it. When Jack discovered that I had had enough experience with horses to be able to handle the gelding, he asked if I would come back up from the Twin Cities to the cabin on a future weekend in order to work with the horse. Jack hoped I could train the gelding to overcome his fear. That was a no-brainer for me. Of course, I would work out a way to have a chance to ride and to have a chance at the lake was a bonus. Accordingly, a few weeks later, Patricia and I packed up our family one Friday and drove north on Highway 10 out of Minneapolis. After passing through St. Cloud and entering Little Falls, we took Highway 371 on up to Brainerd, from which we then went further north into the lake area to Niswa. A highlight for Patricia that weekend was standing out on Jack and Anna's boat dock one evening, watching the northern lights put on their display for us. I enjoyed the lights, too but not like she did. Patricia also tried water skiing for the first and probably the last time that weekend. I don't remember trying to ski. I probably didn't try to ski since I can't swim with my head above water. I can only swim for as long as I can hold my breath. I did learn to tread water when I took a swimming class in college, but the water line was at the top of my nose and it's hard to breathe that way. During the test, once I could no longer hold my breath, I treaded water right down to the pool's bottom and had to be pulled out. Actually, I did pass, quote unquote, the actual swimming part of the test by swimming three lengths in an Olympic-sized pool on three breaths of air. I only breathed at the ends of the pool, but I digress, that's a different story. I was there at Jack's cabin to ride. That was all the fun I needed. Patricia and I could ride together as long as she was on the mare and in the lead. We did a bit of that, but she didn't enjoy riding all that much. Mostly I rode alone on the gelding. During several rides on the trails, I encouraged him firmly to face any obstacles, and he seemed to overcome a lot of his fear. By Sunday, he was doing well on those trails. I remained vigilant, and he did not act up at all. In mid-afternoon, I rode the horse down to the edge of the lake, where, after a good deal of persuasion, he actually stepped into the lake with me on his back. After we had practiced that a few times, I took the horse back onto the normal trails. Then, once again, we returned to the shore, and with hardly a hesitation, he stepped right in. That was the only time I had such an opportunity to work with that gelding. I don't know how he did with other riders or how long Jack kept him I do hope the horse enjoyed the weekend as much as I did and I hope he was freed from fear from that point on like people some horses are not fearful some are rambunctious some are headstrong and some are compliant however every horse needs some training if it's to be useful for pleasure riding or work an untamed horse may be free as free as the wild horses out west, but an untamed and untrained horse cannot serve its purpose. We humans are like that too, and we need trainers also. That's why Jesus, when calling disciples, said, follow me. Jesus calls us into training relationships so that we also can become useful in fulfilling the purpose for which God has created and redeemed us. The Bible is clear that we humans do have a purpose. We were created in God's image and likeness to represent and serve Him on earth. As N.T. Wright puts it, we are created to be angled mirrors who reflect God into creation and who reflect creation back to God in worship and praise. Each of us also has a specific purpose. I love the way the psalmist expressed the way in which God made us. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Psalm 139.16, New King James Version. Later, Paul spoke about our purpose as the redeemed people of God. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's as if God has a planning book for each of us, a page with a to-do list for every day of our life. God also provides trainers to help equip us to fulfill that purpose because life in Christ is more than a belief system. It is a walk. It is a way of life that must be learned. Thus the apostle said, Brothers, join in following my example, And note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. Philippians 3.17, New King James Version. He also said, you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. I am deeply grateful for those who have helped train me In following Jesus. But God also gives us an even more personal trainer to guide and to enable us to fulfill his purpose. God trains us first and foremost by the working of his Holy Spirit within us. In one of my favorite scripture passages, which God spoke to my heart one day in church in an unexpected way, Paul wrote to Titus these wonderful words. Eager to do what is good. Titus 2, 11-14, New International Version. Grace of God first appeared in the eternal word who became the man Jesus, as John 1, 14-17 says. Following his resurrection and ascension to the throne, Jesus has poured out on God's people the Holy Spirit who is called the Spirit of Grace. See Hebrews 10:29. The Holy Spirit has been given not only to purify us, but also to train and enable us to accomplish the works we were born and redeemed to do. What's more, the Holy Spirit knows my God-given potential, and he also knows my flaws, all of them, both great and small. He knows all about my weaknesses, and he is not deterred. Your flaws and weaknesses will not deter him either. With a gentle, firm hand he guides us and he trains us. When we are weak, he is strong and he encourages us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, New King James Version. The Holy Spirit will train each of us who has surrendered to Jesus the Lord. He is God's gift the personal trainer promised to all who will receive him, our guide with the gentle, firm hand.